Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the fire upon the altar as we pick up in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So God was the one who was to kindle the fire on the altar, but the priests were never to let it go out. Once God kindled the fire, it was their duty. All night long, a priest would be on duty to put wood on the fire so that the fire of the altar would never go out. And so uh, he goes ahead and explains again the offerings, the burnt offering, and then in verse 14, the meal offering. On the meal offering is one that was to be wholly burnt and not to be eaten. There were other uh, meal offerings of bread that the priest were to eat, but not the meal offering. Verse 19, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they shall offer to the Lord the day in which they are anointed. And the fine flour is a meal offering, perpetual half in the morning, and thereof at night. It shall be baked in the pan, and thou shalt bring it in, and bake the pieces for the meal offering. A sweet savor to the Lord, the priest and his sons that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord. It shall be wholly burnt for every meal offering for the priest shall be wholly burnt, it shall not be eaten. That is, if the priest himself offered the meal offering for himself. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering, and the place where the burnt offering is killed. Shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord? It is most holy, the priest that offers it. For sin shall eat it in the holy place. It shall be eaten in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy. And when the thing is sprinkled with the blood. Now, the priest did get a part of the offerings. They, they always were able to take a part of the offerings to eat for themselves that the people brought. It was the, in, a, in a way a payment to the priest. But this thing became corrupted. You remember later on when Eli was the priest at the time of Samuel. He had a bunch of greedy sons who were also working in the office of the priest. And these guys, when people would come to offer their sacrifices to the Lord, they'd take their hooks and they'd reach in and grab the the fillets, the very best of the meat and all. And if the people would object, then they'd give them a bad time and, and curse them and everything else. And so Eli got into trouble because he didn't correct his sons in these things. But the bad thing about it is that they were creating in the minds of the people a negative reaction towards God because they were the priest representing God to the people, but they were so misrepresenting God by their greed that they made the people actually hate to bring sacrifices to the Lord because of the horrible way that Eli's sons were treating them, and and thus uh, Eli uh, was judged by the Lord for his failure to reprimand his sons in that regards. Going on into chapter 7, sort of a repetition again, uh, as God deals with the trespass offerings, uh, offering 
a few uh, additions to what has already been said. And then in verse 11, as God gets into the peace offerings, the peace offering was also for a thanksgiving. It was fellowship, but it was fellowship in thanksgiving unto God. And uh, it was to be offered in, in a, it talks about a heave offering. Now the heave offering is the offering that they would lift up in a heaving motion before the God. The wave offering was where they would move it back and forth and wave it before God. And so uh, you read also of the wave offerings and the heave offerings. And so the, the requirements and so forth for the offering of the peace offering are in chapter 7. We get into chapter 8, and now that God has, has laid out for them the various offerings and the ordinances regarding these offerings, how they were to be offered, who was to offer them, what part the people would, were able to eat, what part was to be burnt, where it was to be burnt, uh, what part was the priest and all. God has laid out the whole thing for them in these offerings. And now the Lord said unto Moses, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments and the anointing oil and a bullock for a sin offering and two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. And gather all the congregation together at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So Moses did as the Lord commanded, gathered all the people there together unto the door of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water, this big brass laver, a bath that was there in front of the tabernacle. And Moses washed Aaron and his sons. And he put on them the coat and all of the garments of the high priest and put upon the sons of Aaron the garments of the priest. And so here is Aaron now for the first time being decked out in this magnificent robe of the high priest, the breastplate, the urim and the thummim, the whole thing, the mitre on his head with a little plate, a gold plate that said holiness to the Lord. And Aaron is being dressed for the first time in the garments of the high priest. And then Moses took the anointing oil and he anointed the tabernacle that was therein and sanctified them. The tabernacle is now set up. Now's the time to, to dedicate the thing, more or less, and to sanctify it unto God. The word sanctify means to set apart for exclusive use. This was to be a single-use building. It was there only for the purpose of man having a place to come and meet God. And it wasn't to be used for den mother's meetings or anything like that. It was just strictly a place where people met the Lord. And so he sprinkled the altar seven times. He anointed the altar and all the vessels and the labor to sanctify them. And he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. So they took this anointing oil, went by and anointed all of the things within the tabernacle, anointed the tabernacle, everything was anointed. It was set apart. And this is for God, is to be used only for God and all. And then Aaron, who was 
actually also to be used only for God. He was to be God's instrument. Thus an Aaron was anointed with the oil. And Moses brought in Aaron's sons and put the priest coats upon them and the priest girdles, and he put on the bonnets as the Lord had commanded. And he brought the bullock for the sin offering. Now that these guys are, are, are being set up as priests, the first thing that was necessary is that the sin offering be offered for them. They were sinners just like everybody else. And so before they could really serve the Lord and act as God's representatives to the people, there had to first of all be a sin offering offered for them. And this, of course, yearly when the high priest would on Yom Kippur go into the Holy of Holies to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the whole congregation, the first sacrifice that he would make on Yom Kippur was his own sin offering. He had to take care of himself first. And, and his own sin offering would be first. He'd have to offer for himself before he could ever offer for the people. And so the first offering in this whole tabernacle, new tabernacle setup was the sin offering for Aaron and his sons that they might then be sanctified for the ministry unto the Lord. And having offered the sin offering, then he brought a ram for a burnt offering, verse 18. Because now that the sin is taken care of, now I can consecrate my life completely to God. And so the idea was first the atoning of the sins for the priest and then the consecration of their lives, a total consecration of themselves to God. And so they brought the other ram, the ram of consecration, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head. And they slew it, and Moses took the blood of it and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. Symbolic, actually, of consecration. May your ears be consecrated that they might hear the voice of God. May your hands be consecrated that they might do only the work of God. May your feet be consecrated that they will walk only in the path of God. So it was the idea of the consecration of a man's ears, of his hands and of his feet, a complete kind of a consecration of himself unto the Lord. And then there was the anointing oil. In verse 30, Moses took the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron, upon his garments, upon his sons, upon the sons' garments with him, and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Now imagine taking all these beautiful new clothes and, and sprinkling oil on them and blood on them. But uh, it was the idea of the consecration of these men and, and uh, of their lives to God. And Moses said unto Aaron to his sons, Boil the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and eat it before the congregation. And so the priests 
were then to be separated before God. Verse 33, And ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation for seven days until the days of your consecration be at an end. For seven days shall he consecrate you. So they were to go through this period of consecration. Seven days they weren't to leave that the holy place there in the presence uh, of, the, of the Lord there in the tabernacle. Ye shall abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night for seven days and keep charge of the Lord that ye die not, for so I am commanded. And Aaron and his sons did all the things which the Lord commanded Moses. And so it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. Now Aaron is to begin his ministry, first of all, with a calf for a sin offering, a ram for a burnt offering. And take ye the kid of the goats for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both of the first year without blemish for a burnt offering a bullock and a ram for a peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord and a meal offering mingled with oil for today the Lord will appear unto you. So he's going to go through the whole route except for the trespass offering. And he's to make all of these offerings, the various types of animals, so that Aaron can more or less be schooled in, in the way that these offerings are to be brought before the Lord. And so they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded you should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And so Moses then instructed Aaron. He, he followed through with him. He went through with him sort of step by step the processes by which these sacrifices were to be made and, and the methods and all by which they were made. And so they offered first the sin offering, then the consecration offering, then the fellowship offering unto the Lord, and then finally they offered unto God the offering of service, the, the meal offering. So in verse 22, Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. So having gone in and offered these before the Lord, now Aaron, the congregation of Israel is out there, and Aaron now comes out and blesses the people. And thus we see the twofold function of the priest. Going before God to represent the people. Because you and I could not directly come to God. Our sin had separated us from God. So if I wanted to approach God under the old covenant, I had to come to the priest with an offering. And then he would take and go before God on my behalf. And having gone before God on my behalf, he would return and then bless me on God's behalf. Now later on in Leviticus, we'll get the blessing whereby the people were blessed from God. When Aaron came out, that beautiful blessing that he would put upon the people as he was representing now God to the people. So coming out from the sacrifices, he now blesses the people as he is God's representative in standing before God or standing for God before the people offering 
God's blessing upon them. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Now, Moses kept telling them, you're going to see the glory of the Lord today. Now, let's get everything worked out right, because today you're going to see the glory of the Lord. And so the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. In what form? How? We don't know. But yet they were all made conscious of it and aware of it. And in one way it was demonstrated was that fire came out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell upon their faces. So there was the altar, it was there, the wood was there, the the pieces of meat of the burnt offering were laid upon it and the fat and suddenly like a spontaneous combustion fire from the Lord just kindled and the wood began to burn and the and the sacrifices were consumed and the people seeing this miracle all began to shout for excitement and fell upon their faces worshiping God And Nadab and Abihu, the two sons of Aaron, took both of them their censers, and they put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Now in this moment of excitement, in this moment of high emotional pitch, The people are excited. They have seen a miracle of God. They have seen fire from God suddenly consuming this sacrifice. No one around. The glory of God. Aaron's two sons in the midst of this emotional fervor grabbed their little incense burners and took fire in them and put the incense on and began to go in before the Lord to offer incense. Strange fire, which the Lord commanded not. It is interesting, God does want us to worship Him. But God has really prescribed the way that we are to worship Him. You see, I'm not really free to worship God any old way I feel. I can't come to God any old way I want. If I am to come to God, God has laid out prescribed ways by which I am to come. If I am to worship God, God has laid out prescribed ways by which I am to worship Him. It isn't up to me to choose how I am to worship God. So here they were coming in a way in which God didn't command them to take this fire and and to offer the incense at this point. It was something that was totally done on their own part. Juices were flowing because there's a lot of excitement. People are shouting and, and, and all, and they're, of course, important. They are priests, and maybe they're wishing to show their importance. Everybody is all excited and 
and, and, and watching now the things that are happening, and so maybe they want to get into the public eye. And so as they started in with these incense burners and the smoke rising, fire came from the Lord and they both fell dead. And Moses said, this is the thing that God spoke about, saying that he would be sanctified before the people and that God would be glorified before the people I will be glorified the Lord said and so Aaron held his peace perhaps they were seeking at that point to rob God from some of his glory perhaps at that point they were seeking to draw attention to themselves away from God it is always tragic when the instrument of God receives more attention than God or when the instrument of God seeks to draw attention to itself we are to be as a mirror reflecting Christ before the world the only time a mirror attracts attention to itself is when it's dirty return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Leviticus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Leviticus 6-10 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and watch over you this week. May His hand be upon your life to strengthen you, to guide you. May He use you as His instrument to do His work. May God fill you with love and with understanding, compassion, and spirit. May you walk in the Spirit and be led of the Spirit of God this week. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. 
That is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.